Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of The View from the Lane, our new Tottenham Hotspur podcast from The Athletic. My name's Jack Pitbrook, I'm your host, and while I'm currently in London, I'm joined by Charlie Eccleshare, The Athletic's Tottenham correspondent, who's in Manchester, having just been to Tottenham's defeat at Old Trafford. Charlie, what did you think about it? Um, it, it was disappointing. Uh, they they never really got going. I mean, they, apart from a sort of I don't know five ten minute spell at the end of the first half, where you know they got their equaliser sort of out out of nowhere. Um, it looked like Man U were the better team for for most of the game, which was was surprising really because you know obviously United went into it kind of mid middle mid table, not really having done much this season, um, but that was more or less the best they played they looked galvanized and Spurs were just a bit flat um and you know the the midfield pairing of Sissoko and Winks has come in for a lot of criticism and it didn't really work uh Spurs were open uh for most of the game without carrying too much of a threat themselves um going forward so yeah it was, it was a disappointing a disappointing evening uh all in all Watching the game at home, I was really struck by how Spurs didn't really create anything at all. Like even Deli Ali's goal, which we'll come on to later, was kind of out of out of nowhere. There was very very little in open play, not much from set pieces. Um, it reminded me a little bit of when Spurs lost two one at Anfield earlier on in the season when Pochettino was still manager, where they scored a fairly random goal, and the other the the other team in that case Liverpool were just completely dominant throughout. Why did you? Th- the fact that Spurs didn't create anything, do you think that was to do with like a negative approach or the wrong people in midfield or what? Yeah, more the latter. I, d- I don't think it was a negative approach. I actually think it, it was a very positive team selection, um, You know, surprisingly so, not one we would associate really with Mourinho uh, in these big away games. I think it was just the absence of that link between midfield and attack. Um, and, and that is the wink Sissoko axis that just just doesn't really work and again we've spoken about this so many times but the lack of a Moussa Dembele type player especially in these big away games to to link midfield with attack and just to have that presence I, th- I think made a big difference the other thing as well was you know where Spurs did have opportunities was through Aurier uh, you know he did get forward he got into advanced positions and I was looking at the stats after I think he put nine crosses in uh, one of which was deemed to be a good cross according to Opta's good crosses metric uh, which obviously isn't a great return but that looked like you know that was one of the areas where Mourinho wanted to try and exploit down the United uh, left side but when the quality is not good enough there's only so much you can do with that. Yeah, I think you're right about Winks and Sissoko. Like, we all know that was the midfield that did most of the work uh, through last season, looked exhausted by the end of the year. Obviously, Winks had that ankle injury. And then at the start of this this season, Pochettino kept using it and it didn't really work. And I think people were hoping that, you know, in time they would see a slightly different combination of people in the middle. Why do you, why do you think Winks and Sissoko doesn't work? And what do you think went wrong with them this evening? <laughs> I, I just think both of them would benefit from having a proper holding midfielder next to them, which, you know, neither of them really does that job. Um, and I think that was the disappointment that, you know, Dyer dropped out. I mean, Dyer hasn't been great, but at least he does. That is his role. He can do that role uh, and give them that solidity. Whereas without him, neither of them really looked like they knew what they were doing particularly there. Also, Sissoko, despite the fact that Mora was playing on the right of the three behind Harry Kane, it was Sissoko who was having to do more of the kind of covering for Aurier's bombs forward. 
So so Sissoko was moving out to that right side, which was leaving Winks often all on his own in central midfield, and they just looked really exposed. Um, and and it, it is interesting because you know we've for so long associated Mourinho with uh, you know very defensive setups in games like this. He didn't do that tonight, and actually you think maybe he should have done it more. And, and I was watching it and I was thinking, if Mourinho wasn't their new manager, you'd be watching this saying, God, Tottenham really need a manager like Mourinho to come and make them more solid. Um, they've got him and he didn't really do that tonight. Um, and, you know, may, maybe that was, you know, just, I don't know, to, to prove a point, maybe that he just thinks that's what they have to do because Tottenham, you know, have more, you know, their, their better players are attacking ones rather than defensive ones. But... It, it did feel like a bit of an oversight. Yeah, I completely agree with you that it felt like a kind of pre-Mourinho performance in a way, just in, in the sense of how easy Spurs were to play against. Mm. Like, it's kind of a... I, I know that I know that Spurs did come back into the game very briefly at, at the end of the first half, but United could have been 3 or 4-0 up in the first half in terms of how many good chances they created. And I think... I mean, like you say, with Sissoko getting dragged out behind Aurier to help out there, Winks was exposed. And it's something we've seen quite a lot, to, to be honest, at Tottenham this year, is Winks having to do far too much defensive work than I think is his strength. And he get, you know, he, he can get exposed in those situations. We saw it the other day against Olympiacos. We saw it a lot in the Bayern Munich game. Uh, he, you know, Winks, I think, is a very good player, but he's not really a defensive player. And yeah. when... And Winks, like Sissoko, like you say, would benefit from playing with a natural holder. I mean, and didn't you think as well, like Lucas Moura, for all his good qualities and excited player, but I just don't associate a player like that with a kind of Mourinho away setup. You know, that Moura's not a guy who I think is going to give you tons going back. And if you think Mourinho used to some, quite often play Ramirez as his right midfielder in these sort of games, I mean, how different that profile is so I thought Mora was you know one of the more surprising starters especially as he hadn't on the weekend and Sissoko had actually done a pretty good job in that more advanced role rather than playing as a, a sort of midfield two which I just don't think really works if, if, if his partner is going to be Wings. Yeah I completely agree I think it would have made more sense to have Sissoko playing on the right today rather than in the midfield like mm. it's I think Winks and Sissoko today didn't, as the midfield two, didn't really make sense on any level. But I did, yeah. I did think they, I did think they improved a bit, like certainly with the ball when Eriksson and Dombele and Luchelso came on. I kind of feel like those three are. I mean, I wouldn't play them in combination, but I think those three are all, are probably Spurs' three most talented players for that role. Like we saw what a difference Eriksson made when he came on uh, midweek against Olympiacos last week in that role and Luchelso played in a deeper role I think when he was at PSG so he can play there too do you mm. do you think going forward that at least one of those guys Ericsson and Dombele and Luchelso needs to play more for Spurs to really create more chances in the system yeah I mean I do think as you say you can't really have all three of them and you know even two might be a push but yeah I think you you want that link that that was what was missing was that link and I think that's where someone like the Chelsea is very good um that was what he did really well for better last year you know really running games he, he's the kind of guy who needs to be on the ball a lot getting lots of touches making things happen and I think they would have really benefited from that I don't know if he thought you know it being an away game he, he needed you know more solidity but that wasn't really provided by the players that he picked uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he changes it 
uh, for the Burnley game. You know, because you, you, you think that's a game where you really need players who can unlock a defence, be that Ericsson or Olochelso or Ndombele. Yeah, I completely agree. Do you think going forward, the most, given what Mourinho wants, I think he said in one of his first press conferences, he wants a more positional, that is to say, like defensive midfielder in that role, and then someone who's a bit more creative. Do you think we will eventually see Dyer and Dombele, Dyer and Lachelso, maybe even Dyer and Winks, rather than kind of Winks and Sissoko, which doesn't seem to fulfil those kind of Mourinho criteria? Yeah, well, I mean, Dyer, it seems like. Mourinho really wants that to work you know he's really pushing that I think you know he's come in and you know he started those first few games uh, having not really played a huge amount this season so I think he really wants he really sees Dyer as providing that sort of balance and then you look at it yeah and you think it would make sense to have him with someone who has a bit more of that in their game and so on the weekend it was Dyer and Ndombele wasn't it against Bournemouth and, and that did work a bit better uh, or it'll be interesting does he you know, tweak the system and does he play with three as, as a midfield three um, and then basically just let the front three, you know, assuming it would be Ali, Son and Kane, you know, do what they want and not have to worry about, you know, the defensive side. So I, th- I think he's going to learn a lot from these games. I think he'll probably learn more from tonight than he did the first three in a way because, you know, it was, it was a big setback. It was a big disappointment. In this press conference after the game, he was clearly raging about the players' attitude and their application. And I think it really hurt him that, uh, and he singled him out. Someone like Scott McTominay looked so much more up for it. Even Fred, you know, and Fred's a guy who's had a lot of criticism, but let's, you know, being brutally honest, he was made to look really, really good tonight. And maybe that was just an outstanding performance, but I think it was also, it spoke to the weakness of that Tottenham midfield. Yeah, I mean, it's totally damning, isn't it, that Tottenham would allow the game against them to be run by Fred, who yeah. is, who to anyone who's watched him has looked totally out of his depth in the Premier League ever since United signed him. Uh, I don't know, on, I only saw his interview on TV afterwards, but he said that um, he was obviously not happy with the way that Spurs played in the first half hour, compared it to the Olympiacos and Bournemouth games, where they also took a while to get into the game. What... What exactly did he say about this in the press conference? And do you think there's like a real issue there? Yeah, I mean, he said something like, you know, United weren't just better than us for the first half hour. They were much better than us. Um, the, the the view, you know, his view, I think, was that they, they just didn't approach the game in the right way. And that I think he, he, from what he said, he had really tried to hammer into them that United would be very up for this, that they often are at their best against the better sides. And so they needed to match it, and they didn't. And is it a question of application uh, or fitness or intensity? I mean, he said, uh, because he was asked about that, how do you inject intensity back into a team that seem to have lost it or seem to certainly seem to have done uh, in the last days of Pochettino? And, you know, he said that um, he hasn't had enough training sessions or anything to do that. It's just been going game to game to game. And, the suggestion he was making was that that's something you know you can work on you know you can sort your positioning out broadly and in those brief training sessions but to really hammer into the players uh you know the importance of having the right attitude the right intensity will take a little bit longer um so that clearly is something big that he he will work on and that has been an issue hasn't it for for pretty much the whole season i mean that you know i saw some comparisons on twitter with the board, with the uh, brighton away game which was kind of an idea for pochettino and I, and I don't i don't think it was at that level but um you know this is a recurring theme especially in away games yeah yeah do you think 
did you get the impression watching today, and this is, I think, the impression I'm getting on social media, is that it's a bit of a wake-up call, and it, it will... It has kind of act, served to remind people that as exciting as Mourinho's arrival was, um, whenever it was, last week, the week before, in reality, like, uh, there are lots of fundamental issues with this squad. It's very difficult for a manager to have a transformative effect mid-season. And ultimately, we should all maybe, like, maybe, like, recalibrate our expectations a little bit about what Jose can realistically achieve this season. And it is going to be a bit harder than I think some people were thinking after those first three wins. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think Spurs are as bad, maybe, as something they were tonight but they probably also weren't as good as those those three wins suggested I mean not that anyone was getting carried away I think most people acknowledge that you know there were there were flaws in all of those three wins um but yeah there is a lot of work to do and and, and I wonder I'm really interested by this um it's kind of a theory I've just been thinking uh sort of in the aftermath of the game that you know he's he's come in mid-season which is you know very rare for him anyway and he is slightly having to adapt to what's in front of him. He's not able yet to impose a style. Whereas if you think he went to, you know, when he went to United, A, he had a preseason, but also they didn't really have that discernible style under Van Howe. And if they did, it was probably a slightly more defensive one, which maybe was a bit easier for Mourinho to work with. Then his previous job at Chelsea, um, the, a lot of the core from when he'd been there before was still there. So that was an easier one to kind of slot into and impose himself straight away. I wonder if this, you know, this squad, which is clearly top heavy, that's where pretty much all of their best players are. That's going to be really interesting to see what Mourinho does with that, you know, because trying to revert to that more pragmatic, uh, more cautious approach, certainly in the big games, that just may not work. So he may be forced to to play in a more attacking way, and that's going to be really interesting to see to see what he does with that because that's probably slightly you know going against his his instincts all, all things being equal yeah i i think i think you're right i think it is kind of a unique set of circumstances for him to walk into you know mid-season at a team which is uh, in a squad which is getting on a bit and has some clear flaws in i i think he will have to invest in january i know he said they don't have the money for bruno fernandez and i know spurs say that they don't have money to spend but I think in reality they are. I think in reality they have to because, like, one they must have some money because they have just sacked Pochettino and replaced him with Jose Mourinho, who doesn't come cheap, and also because like they need players. Like if Mourinho is so desperate for them to get top four this season, I think it's kind of hard with the, with the current squad. I think there's too many, particularly in in holding midfield and across most of the back four. There's just too many holes to fill and possibly in goal as well. Um, in terms of the. Def- Bringing that, that brings us on to the defense. Did you do you get any sense that the defense are you know because they've now conceded eight goals in four games? Is it just a combination of individual errors, or do you think there's something more like structural there? I think it's going to take a huge amount of work, um, and you know it is hard because at the moment, and especially he's coming into like the most busy period of the season. So I think you know there's one full week off, isn't there? Kind of not next week, the one after, which is when the League Cup courts finals are yeah. um, and, and and obviously they're out of it. So, you know, that will be the first, you know, clear week he's got to really work on it. So, because I think these are systemic issues, you know, they, the defence just don't look coherent. They don't look organised. He's trying to sort of mask Aurier's defensive weakness by letting him play in this 
kind of winger fullback hybrid role but that's going to take a, a bit of time for them to really get used to and you know Vertonghen uh, playing left back and, and, and as we spoke about earlier in the week you know maybe he's more suited to that role than Rose but he's not an out and out fullback um, so there are there are issues there and I think you know they are organizational ones which will j- just by dint of the fact they have so few sessions together even someone as you know good at doing that as Mourinho it, it's not going to happen straight away and yeah, t- I mean, conceding two goals in all four of their games is is pretty alarming. Let's not be too negative. Um, how good was the Deli Ali goal? Oh, so good. I mean, as as Peter was saying, you know, shades of that Crystal Palace goal, the way he brought it down uh, and volleyed it, it, it was sensational. And 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 that has been such a a, a bright spark um, since Mourinho yeah. took over. And and you're right. I mean, I, I think that. I mean, my it's interesting, isn't it? You know, when you're watching the game. Uh, in the press seats without commentary and you're just watching it uh, I, I didn't think it was a complete disaster you know like they lost they were disappointing but you know bigger picture it's Mourinho's fourth game in charge you know he's inherited a team a, a good team but you know one that has been having a really difficult season has been through the trauma in relative terms you know of losing a manager who they were very fond of you know that these this thing these things will take time it, it was disappointing but I, I i don't think it was disastrous i think you know and i don't think we should now be thinking oh you know top four won't happen it still very much could and and yeah that ali goal was was a great moment and you know with him playing as well as he is they they have a chance yeah and what do they need to do differently against burnley on saturday afternoon I think it is. It's moving the ball quicker. Um, you know, it is having someone in the team who, you know, can be that link between midfield and attack. Uh, you know, and I, I'd like to see Luchelso play because, you know, well, he, he he may not be there for the long term. We don't know. He may actually. It's possible he might not even be there. You know, for the rest of the season and certainly not into next season. But. You know, I, I don't really feel like he's had a chance yet at Tottenham. He had that one game um, at Olympiacos, uh, sorry, at Red Star, where he scored and played very well, and then he was he was quite good against Sheffield United. So I'd like to see him get a chance. But yeah, it's, you know, just moving the ball a bit quicker, uh, you know, people finding those half spaces. And I think that'll make a really big difference. And they'll have to do it because Burnley are going to be really awkward opponents. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I'm really looking forward to the game on Saturday. It's going to be a completely different test from the four games that Spurs have had so far. And I think hopefully after then we'll have a slightly better read on just how good or just how much of an improvement Mourinho can make on Tottenham in the immediate term and what that means for their prospects for the rest of the season. Um, so Charlie and I will both be at the game on Saturday and then we will bring you another episode of the podcast at the start of next week, looking back on that and then looking forward to Spurs' game the following weekend, which I believe is Wolves away. Uh, but thank you, Bayern as well, and I mean, of course Bayern. Sorry, but sorry, yeah, I don't I mean, have my diary no, in front to, of me. <laughs> easy <laughs> to forget because there is nothing at stake in it. But uh, yeah. it sounds but like it's a massive a, game. Isn't but it? It, I think it is a big game because it's like I think if it were Pochettino, it wouldn't really be a big game, and he would just have played Skip and Parrot. But I think because it's Mourinho and like every opportunity to test out his players in under this new new system, new manager, especially against top class opposition, means that. It's like it's certainly going to be more interesting, at least as a kind of, you know, something to watch and learn from, even if yeah. not like in a competitive sense. You're right. I mean, because at this stage, every game is so interesting, isn't it? Because the sample size is so small that with every passing game, we kind of have so much more data to work with. 
Um, Precisely, so yeah, that, yeah. That'll be like his first away Champions League game, or what does that tell us? So, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward that. You know, all the games at the moment are, are, are interesting. Yeah, every game's a story with Tottenham right now. But um, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Charlie, thank you for doing this from your hotel room in Manchester. And we will be back next Tuesday. Bye. Thank you.